We are continuing, we're on part four, the series that we've been doing on the spirit of revival. And it's been uh, pretty good. The Lord has been sweet these last several weeks. Many of us just returned from the event that was there in Nashville. Nashville some 50 to 60,000 people gathered uh, for a day of fasting and prayer, repentance, worship, calling on God to, to break in and shift the atmosphere in our nation. And I, It was a solemn assembly. And I've got to say that I've been to several of these different kind of events. And that one had the most, I would say, the gripping of prayer out of any of the ones that I've been to. Uh, it was uh, obvious that there was uh, a, a serious sense of mourning and a sense of weeping and repentance that was accompanying that meeting. It was a, it was a serious time with the Lord. It was no, no joke. And... Uh, it was good. They're going to do a, a series of those all the way to the 08 elections. And um, we're going to do one in Atlanta. Yeah, it'll be good. And so we don't know exactly, um, we don't have the dates or the venue nailed just yet. They're, they're setting that up for us where they're going to set up the dates and the, the venue. But uh, it'll be a good time, I guarantee you. And um, yeah. It was, it was strong. Many, one thing that touched me was many of the themes that we have focused on over the last nine months to a year were, were the major themes that were highlighted in prayer in this event. In fact, I would say all the major themes that were highlighted, highlighted in the event were themes that the Lord has given us, graciously given us to focus on um, in our preaching and our intercessions. And so that was a, it was an encouragement to my heart, but it was also uh, fearsome. And uh, there's a, I have a little bit of a tremble just about multiple things right now. Uh, but the Lord, I really believe the Lord moved yesterday, and there's some things that are going to shift as a result of that. They're, they're going to replay that event on God TV in the coming days. So if you wanted to see part of it or all of it, if you just feel like, man, I've just got to tune in for 12 hours, <laughs> they're going to... Apparently, they're going to do all of it on God TV, so you can connect to that if you like. Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your presence, God. We are in awe of who you are, and you are wonderful. You are beautiful, beyond compare, holy. And majestic. And who can understand your ways? Lord, I'm asking that you would release to us tonight revelation, the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding. They would open and be enlightened. We would comprehend you in a greater measure. God, I'm asking, draw near to us again. Draw near to us again tonight. Thank you for a spirit of divine attentiveness. I pray you'd instruct our hearts with clarity. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. I draw this whole room under the presence of the Spirit of the Lord right now. I take authority in this room. Lord, I'm asking you to do whatever you would like to do in this room. 
Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. Good. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, we've had, um, we're on part four of a series, The Spirit of Revival, and um, I just want to just comment briefly about last week. How many were not here last week? Just raise your hand if you weren't. So I want to bring you up to speed. The rest of us probably know what I'm going to talk about, but just uh, there at the end of the meeting last week, I was preaching out of Hosea 6. And the verse says, the Lord will come to us like rain. And at the end of the meeting there at the, uh, last week, I just quoted the verse. I said, he will come to us like rain. And it was in the context of this. I was explaining that we must can be a people that contend for the knowledge of God. We give ourselves to pursuing the knowledge of God as a, a uh, major feature of what we are. And, and a, a facet of our community must be that we continually contend for the knowledge of God and the break-in of revelation of who he is. And the, the verses explain that if we, will, if we will pursue the knowledge of God, that there's a, a set time that He will come. And His, his coming is, is established as the morning, and when He comes, He'll come like rain. That's what it says. And so last week, just randomly, uh, I just said there at the end of the meeting, I said, He will come like rain. And when I did, without pause, it wasn't a, a second before or a second after, I said, He'll come like rain. And instantaneously, the... Uh, aluminum roof begin to rattle with rain and it was plenty hard enough for us for everybody in the room to hear it and notice it and uh, everybody did we all went i mean there's a, a momentary wow and um and so it's it caught me off guard and uh and so i spoke a few more minutes and then i said it again he will come like rain and, and the second time i said it I was not saying it in a hopeful way. I was saying it in a prophetic way. I was prophesying that the Lord is coming to those that will pursue him. He is coming. And when I said it the second time, I said, he will come like rain. And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to say this to make me out to be anything, but just what the Lord was doing was very unique. And he was confirming that word from last week with a sign in the heavens. That's really what that was. That's really what that was. And when I said it the second time, the rain the level of the rain increased uh, exceedingly. I mean, it was extremely loud. And uh, it was, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't hear, I don't know, it might have thundered. I didn't hear thunder. But the rain was so loud on the roof that it was thundering the roof. And it was blowing, and it has to go sideways to get in. And it was blowing in our roof. And there was actually people over there standing under the rain as it was blowing into the, the, the building. So uh, one of our leaders went out to the front to see how heavy this thing was because it was really, really loud in here. And they opened the front door to see, and the rain was coming in the door horizontally. It was blowing in the door. We have about a 10-foot awning out there that has to blow all the way. And it was coming in the door as the wind was blowing. And I just want to say that, and it's kind of you know, spooky and makes you giggle, and you go, what is that? And, but I just want to say this, that I, and I don't want to hype anything, but I just want to confirm that that, in fact, was the Lord confirming to us that he does have an established time to come, and he will come like rain. 
He's going to release his presence like rain. It's not even, it's something we will pray for in partnership with, with the prophetic uh, word in Hosea. But he was speaking to us to tell us he is coming like rain. No, that's for real. And, and I just want, that's really all I need to say about it. So if you wondered what that was, that was the Lord. Good. So we're talking about different ingredients that make uh, the spirit of revival alive. And, and I was talking about our community. I want to try to pick up where we left off last week because once that rain started happening, I, we were done. And uh, that's good. That's a good thing. I like that. <clears throat> I've always dreamt of the day that the Lord will come and fill the place with such intensity that it will be like what it was in the Old Testament when you had the dedication of the temple and the presence of the Lord filled the place to where the priest could not stand to minister. And it's where God takes the field and, and God is in charge and no man can meddle with the doings of the Lord. And I'm excited about knowing that they, there are days coming to us that are like that. Okay, Revelation 19. I want to talk tonight about another ingredient that will be and is and will be a major and must be. It is, will be, and must be a major feature and pursuit uh, in our community. It's the spirit of prophecy. And it has to do with part of the ingredients that will release uh, what, I, what I think of as the spirit of revival in our midst. And in, in, in the community, I just, I'm not looking for something in our building. I'm looking for something in the city. I'm looking for something. Do we lose some light or something? Can we bring those lights back on? Good. Yep. Yep. More than merrier. Good. Um, but I'm looking for something that takes over the, the, the county and affects the city and impacts the nation. You know, I'm not, I mean, I, I love and want small R revival um, that's localized and sweeps five or 10,000 into the kingdom. But what we're really aiming for is something that has a national and global implication. That's really what we're living for, to be quite honest with you. There's a move of God coming that's going to affect the globe. So what we're doing is we're talking about ingredients that will enable us to live cultivating a spirit of revival in our little community that might affect multiple little swirls of five or 10,000 at a time unto not being distracted with those little swirls, but unto a, a grand and glorious thing, a big R, capital R revival that's coming to the earth that will affect every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. Every absolutely every facet of every society of the Gentile earth will be touched with the power of God before Jesus returns at the end of the age. That is a biblically, theologically established reality. And the reason we know is because in Revelation there are martyrs from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people down to every dialect in those people groups. And so if they're giving themselves at the end of the age in martyrdom, guess what swirled them up to give themselves in such abandonment. It's the spirit of revival. It's, it's the power of God being released in their midst and releasing a martyr spirit upon them. 
which is a powerful reality. And that's coming to the planet, beloved. Both realities are coming. Let me say it loudly and clearly to you. Both realities are coming. Dramatic, dramatic end-time revival is coming to the planet, and dramatic persecution is coming to the planet. And don't believe it's not going to touch the church in the West. Don't believe that it's not going to touch the church in the West. Somehow we think that America, you know, this 225-year-old nation, that we're exempt because we're rich momentarily. We're momentarily rich, and we think we're exempt from any kind of persecution, uh, trial, judgment, or, or martyrdom, and that is an absolute fantasy. If you'll do any kind of world history, you'll find nations that were the richest, most powerful nations in the world. And as surely as they rose, they fell again. You know why? Because God is the one that moves the boundary lines of the nations. He moves the boundary lines and causes men to grope for him. God is the one that's in charge. If we live with a mentality that only blessing, and the way that we interpret what blessing is, only blessing things that make for our good, good air conditioning, good money, if, if only blessing is coming to us and no challenges are coming to us. If we live with that in our mentality, we will be absolutely dead asleep to the reality of what God's doing in the earth and unprepared to participate in either one of those features that I said are coming. Dramatic end time revival is coming. I'm talking about raising the dead, multiplying food. I'm talking about putting the eye back in the socket. I'm talking about AIDS disappearing in people's bodies. That level of power is coming and will be released in the church. And I'm telling you, it's not coming so everybody can get rich and have their name and their ministry it's coming and with it will come radical challenges and persecutions even unto this global mass martyrdom and that is a biblical truth it's not my message tonight but I, when I, I, I want to yank out from under us this fantasy we have when we use this term revival I, I got to define it oh, I feel like every time I mention it because both realities happen together. And uh, yeah, good. So spirit of prophecy. I'm prophesying now, so there it is. There's the spirit of prophecy in activity. Uh, verse 7, Revelation 19. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. John, the mature apostle, at the decree that the bride is ready and that she is about to be eternally joined to God in a bridal reality that the wedding day has finally come where the man Christ Jesus will eternally join himself to humankind. At that pronouncement from the angel's lips, John, the mature apostle, loses all of his sensibilities. The stunning reality of that revelation, it hits him so powerfully that he forgets that it's an angel talking to him. 
And what he does next is heresy. It's heretical what he does next. He is so shocked by this truth that God and man will be joined in intimacy forever. That word from that angel explodes within him and it, it causes him to lose all of his boundaries, all of his sensibilities. And then he does this. Verse 10. I fell at his feet to worship him. John, the mature apostle, worships, begins to worship an angel because he's shocked at the bridal revelation. And I believe the bridal paradigm and the preaching of the bridegroom God will be released in power at the end of the age. And it will shock people, not so they worship angels, but it will shock them so they fall absolutely radically in love with Jesus at the end of the age. There is coming such a revival of the preaching of intimacy and the, the release of the revelation of the bridegroom God who cherishes and nourishes and desires and longs for and loves and burns with fire in his eyes for his people. There's coming a revelation that will, that will absolutely deliver us from all of our lust for other things. It will call us into intimacy in such a way the church hasn't seen it yet. The fire of God will be imparted to the church at the end of the age in such a, a magnificent measure. She is going to fall in love. The bride is going to fall in love. And that preaching, just like it shocked John, is good, the preaching of the bridal message is going to shock people. It's beginning now in a small measure, but it's going to hit global. And the angel responds to John when he falls down. He says, see that you do not do that. He goes, I am your fellow servant. He goes, you and me, we both worship God. Remember, John? He goes, I'm of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. He goes, worship God. I mean, shocker. What's crazy is, Two chapters later, John does the same thing. He's getting so blown away that he's absolutely losing all of his bearings because the, the weight of the revelation that's hitting him is just it's throwing him into another zone mentally. He, doesn't, he knows he must, it's, it's compelling him to worship, so he immediately falls down and begins to worship the messenger because the message is so powerful. He goes, worship God, and then he makes this statement. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So rather than trying to give a great definition to what the spirit of prophecy is, I'm going to let you search that out. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I like to say it this way. It's what's on his heart and what's on his mind. And I am desirous that we would be a people, because I believe that's, this is what Acts 2 says the church will be. Is that when the Spirit is poured upon all flesh, that the church becomes a prophetic people. The young men and the, and the young women, the old men and the old women, uh, everybody in between become a prophetic people. And I know that you know, there's different experiences that each of us have with prophecy over the years. And, and there's you know, many different um, you know, ways that, that, that prophecy has been handled, mishandled, underhandled. I mean, everything from being clamped down and shut off to being, you know, totally cat out of the bag, running around wild. But here's the thing. God wants to release the testimony of his son to people. I, I, I mean, when you boil it down to this, it's this. God wants to pour his spirit upon all flesh and release the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus 
to his people. He wants his people not to be dull in their understanding, not to be wondering what Jesus is thinking and feeling, not to be blind or veiled. He wants his people to be alive with revelation, moving in the spirit of prophecy. He wants them to have the testimony of Christ. And I just, I just narrow it and boil it down to this. It's the thoughts and the feelings that are on the heart of the man Christ Jesus. And so we will be a people, and we are and will be and must be, a people who will give themselves to pursuing the testimony of the heart of the man Christ Jesus. Now the spirit of prophecy, it includes, like I said a minute ago, all of the varied and uh, different expressions of the Spirit of the Lord. When you have someone that's operating in the spirit of prophecy, it is the testimony from heaven of what's on Jesus' heart into the earth. And so it may be a healing is what's on Jesus' heart in that moment. And the most prophetic thing that can happen is the release of healing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a revelatory word. It could be a revelatory word. But it's all the different measures of the spirit of God. It's visions. It's dreams. It's words of wisdom. It's words of knowledge. It's prophetic words, foretelling and forthtelling. One tells what's going to happen and one establishes what's going to happen. Both the reality and God. He will, he will put the word in your mouth to speak that word forward and that word will establish the will of God in the earth. God always wanted his people. This is almost, I just, I, I know I'm, I'm cutting through this a little bit. I'm saying this to the air as much as I'm saying it to you. But God always wanted his people to be a prophetic people alive with the spirit of the Lord with the testimony of his son on their heart. He always wanted the church to know what the man Christ Jesus was feeling and thinking. The prophetic word wasn't supposed to be reserved for that one cool guy with a capital P in front of his name. It was supposed to be the entire body of believers. All of them operating in intimacy, in sync, in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, knowing what Jesus is feeling and thinking, and having this reality, understanding. Understanding. See, we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. And a people that have understanding are a people that comprehend the ways of the Lord. The way, see, the ways of the Lord, it's, and I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I am, I am stirred up in a unique way tonight, and I am terrified inside. I, there's things going on, I can't, I just can't talk about it all, but I am so uniquely stirred right now, and I am, I am, I am absolutely terrified of the fearsomeness of our God. There are so many cliches that are about to go away. Jesus is coming soon. The cliche of that is about to absolutely lift and those words are going to become alive to us and it will absolutely pin and strike our hearts and send a tremble through the people of God. I mean, Jesus is coming soon. That thing is going to resonate through people and it's going to cause a tremble and and it's going to cause fear, the fear of the Lord, the real fear of the Lord to arise in people's hearts. There are so many cliches. Jesus loves you. That is about to be a battle axe. I mean, that is about to be a battle axe proclamation. And you're going to be able to say that with authority. Of course, you, you've got to know it yourself. But when you release that word, this is the spirit of prophecy, what I'm talking about right now. When you release that word, Jesus loves you. And the cliche is off it. And the power of God pierces the heart. 
I'm, see, I am right now, there's a, me and the Lord have a little, uh, we have a deal. It's a conversation, an ongoing conversation. And my thing is this. I go, God, I want to be able to preach the bridal paradigm in three words. And I want Jesus loves you to hit the heart of the hearer in such a way as if they comprehended the entire bridal paradigm in one instant. I want to be able to say, Jesus loves you, and the authority on it goes right into the heart of the hearer, and they are struck with the reality of God's burning emotions and passions for them. So I'm a little bit stirred up in a strange sort of way, so just whatever, don't mind me. Anyhow, God always wanted the church to have the word of the Lord on them. Not a select few. Not one guy. The entire body. To move in sync, in rhythm with the Son of God. Not for any individual's glory. Always for the testimony of His Son to be released in the earth. If people will preach... I mean, preaching is not just what you do on a platform. Preaching is what you do all day long when you talk to people about anything you talk to them. When you are saying, I identify myself with Christ, and then you live before them, you are preaching. When you say, I identify myself with Jesus, when they know you're a Christian, and then you live, you're preaching. Every word you say, every deed you do, you are, pro- you are proclaiming the reality of a life given to Christ. And then when you get the opportunity to talk to them specifically about Jesus, you are a proclaimer. You are a, pro- you are a preaching uh, preacher, a prophet in that moment. And he always wanted his people to have the prophetic word on their lips that they would be testifying of his heart and his opinion. And so I talked about understanding. See, the ways of the Lord are this. It's what God It's what God does. It's how he thinks, how he operates, how he leads. And when the people of God have understanding of his ways, they will operate in the spirit of prophecy. Totally understanding him, flowing in sync with his heart. See, I I want us to move, and this community will and must move, from being a people who kind of hear what the instructors say. We've got many that are instructing in our environment right now. But kind of move from hearing what the instructors say Two, be a, being a people who are in sync and in rhythm with the word of the Lord. So that when the word of the Lord is spoken, there's, a, there's a, 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 a corporate testimony amongst us that the, the truth of what God is saying is resonating through many, many hearts. We're, we're, we're in sync with the reality of what he's saying uh, at that time to us as a people and to the earth. And so while there might be multiple manifestations of the spirit of prophecy... To me, it's, it's the revelation of the heart of the God-man. What's on his heart revealed in our midst. That we would comprehend what's on his mind. What are you thinking, Jesus? What are you feeling? And that spirit, that spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Christ, would be alive in our atmosphere. That we'd be a people not devoid, not veiled in any way of, of acknowledging and, and comprehending it what he's saying, what he's thinking, what he's feeling. It also has to do with a demonstration. A demonstration of those manifestations, of those gifts, and a demonstration of that that proclamation on his heart. Paul said it this way. He goes, I don't come to you with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. He wanted to release a a revelatory demonstration of the spirit and a manifestation of power in the midst. Both of those are the spirit of prophecy in operation. 
And I, and I believe this, that God wants to take uh, entire communities, not just this one, but many, and, and certainly this one, but take us from sort of looking to someone else uh, to, to have the word of the Lord at that moment, but to being a community that all operates in it. We really operate in it. Why? Because we're intimate with him. We're intimate with Jesus. We fall in love. We know the beatings of his heart. We know what he's feeling. We know what he's thinking. And so then we, when we encounter somebody who has a need or somebody that doesn't know the Lord, we just go, what do you, what do you think about that person, Jesus? You have an opinion. What's on your mind in this situation? And then we can flow right into that testimony, what he's thinking, what he's feeling, and we can proclaim to that person in that moment what's on the mind of the Lord for them in that instant. What if the church, what if we all were resonating with the testimony of Christ? Oh, that we would be a people that would resonate with the testimony of Christ. I started thinking about this, and I realized that Psalm 25 says this, and I'll just read it to you. It says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. That last phrase... I, I, no, I can't even go there. But showing them his covenant, that's a full release of the powers of the age to come. Demonstrating the truth of the age to come in this earth is the release of power, signs, wonders, and miracles. All the power released, in, when you release power, when power is released, when a healing happens, when you speak in tongues, when a prophetic word is given, the power that enables that by the Spirit of God, uh, Hebrews 6 tells us it's powers of the age to come. It's a demonstration of the kingdom in the covenant that God has set up with his nation Israel and with the peoples of the earth that his son will rule. There's going to be power released in the planet. It's a true thing that's coming. So anything we release now in this age by the Holy Spirit, it's a down payment of that age. So that's what he's talking about. He says, and demonstrate the covenant. He goes, there's a whole other reality. It's a way bigger picture than you thought. He goes, but the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And I was, I was thinking about this and I was realizing the level of the prophetic word that must go forth is a word that must transmit the heart of Christ See, and I'm not, just let, me get, let me just redefine for you. When I'm saying the prophetic word, I'm not saying the guy that has to get up on the mic and says, yes, and thus saith the Lord, you know, I'm thrown on the praises of my people, saith the Lord. I'm not talking about that as a prophetic word, though it may be something like that. What I'm really talking about is when you sense the heart of the Lord for an individual and you just release that word, you don't even have to tell them the Lord said. In fact, I think not saying the Lord said is way more powerful. You just transmit the heart of Christ to them. And so, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And I started realizing that there must be a reverential understanding of the Lord and a reverential approach to to God for God to release the dearest things on his heart. In other words, there's a sort of this requirement of reverence and understanding of him. It's just like you. You're not going to go share the deepest things on your heart to somebody that doesn't understand you and doesn't take you seriously. You're not going to just go into a room with people that don't 
understand the way you work and how you tick and just go, here are the five most important deep details of my life. You're not going to do that. You're going to only share those deep things with those that you know that they understand your heart, they, they have a reverence for what you might share. They, you know what I'm saying? You, you in turn would trust them in that. And then you'll share the, the deep jewels that's inside of you. And so it is with the Lord. He goes, the secret that I have, the testimony of my heart, is with those that have reverence, holy reverence for me. I go, yes, Lord. I want to be a people that have holy reverence, the fear of the Lord. I want to have the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord. Give us the spirit of wisdom that we would tremble before you, God. And then I realized this. There are many, now just hear this. There are many prophetic words that are noised abroad. In fact, even in our, in our little community, we have many, many, many prophetic little things that happen. All sorts of cute, wonderful, sweet things that happen. But I believe that there is a testimony that Jesus wants to release uh, 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 the secret of the Lord, the, the prophetic spirit releasing the secrets that are on his heart. And he gives those that people th- that reverence him. And then those words, when they're released, they come with the fear of the Lord. In other words, it's not just the prophetic word that sort of just, you know, and I do believe those are, I mean, there's the edification, exhortation, and comfort feature. I totally believe that. But I believe that there is a word of the Lord that God wants to release into the, into the soul of the community of, of believers that when they proclaim the word of the Lord, the fear of the Lord testifies to the truth of the word. And I was thinking about, you know, my life and our community, and I was thinking, when the, when the words uh, that we believe that we get from the Lord, when the dream comes, when the vision comes, how often do those words release a trembling? The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. And I think when He gives that secret to those that have reverence, when they release that secret, it releases reverence. And I just thought, how often do the prophetic words cause our hearts to tremble? How often do they grip us? And I, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the community. I believe that's what the Lord wants, is the community of believers that will go hard into understanding His ways, to receiving His words unto this, that when they, re- they he, re- he gives them his secrets, and then when they release the secrets, it, it releases a tremble into the atmosphere. And I believe that the prophetic church needs to have the word of the Lord at such a level that when they proclaim it, it's no longer a byword. It's no longer, oh, nice word, that was good. It's no longer a laughing stock uh, among the world, but that the, that the prophetic church believers would be able to say the word and it releases authority. And the fear of the Lord actually is accompanying the word of the Lord. The testimony of the man Christ is released in that place that God became a man and he died. Four men out of love, that should cause our hearts to tremble. And that when the, those with the word of the Lord on their lips, when they say it, it would release a trembling in the atmosphere. And I just want to say this there is a time coming when the words are going to have that authority upon them, they will have the weight of conviction and reverence upon them. That when the proclaimers say the words, it won't be, man, you know, there's a nice prophetic word, I wonder. You know, you know how you get the prophetic word and you just sort of hope, hope that's a real one? 
It will come with thunder. It will come with a hammer. It will resonate in your heart. The presence of the Lord will confirm it. And the fear of the Lord will accompany that because it will be really the testimony of the heart of the man Christ Jesus. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And I believe this, that when they release those secrets, reverence will be released in the atmosphere. And so if you have a community of believers that give themselves to pursuing a prophetic spirit, pursuing the, the testimony of the man Christ Jesus, understanding of his heart. If you have a community that gives themselves to comprehending God and the knowledge of God, like we talked about last week, and then they say, and we want the testimony of your heart to, so we can release your testimony in the earth. When that happens, God will then begin to raise up in those communities uh, messengers with, with a uh, messenger calling to proclaim the word of the Lord. I want to give you uh, Ezekiel 2. Let's just look at that for a moment. Ezekiel 2. So what I'm saying is God will raise up from the prophetic church, capital P, prophets, real prophets. And I'm looking for it. I'm looking for the restoration of the prophetic ministry. The prophetic, real prophets. You know, know, when you have a real prophet, they don't have to tell you. I I mean, and there are real ones that really, I mean, they have that on their name. That's fine. But I'm just telling you, you get a prophet in your midst, and I guarantee you, you won't be guessing. I guarantee you. Those, they are so scary. No, real ones are absolutely scary. And the way the Lord will allow those men and women to hear, it is absolutely chilling. And they'll hear in the spirit, and they'll hear, you know, angelic things and demonic chatter and all sorts of things moving back and forth in the spirit and God just sort of somehow rends the veil above them and they hear and they see and they perceive it's, it's just interesting let me just say this we have not seen what the prophetic ministry is going to be we have, I mean we have seen such a small little dose of what that, what that ministry is about, the prophets. We have seen such a small little picture, but it is absolutely coming. It is coming in force. And we are going to see men and women raised up that are capital P prophets. I just use that just to differentiate. They're not just throwing their name on it. And they are absolutely foretelling. They're telling what God is about to do, and they're foretelling. When they're speaking, they're speaking with authority, and it's establishing truth in the earth. It's bringing the kingdom through the power of their words. And, and the height of revelation that they're going to move into is very, it will bring awesomeness, it will bring uh, glory, it will bring uh, reverence, it will bring fearsomeness. And it is, we are, we are going to see a full-blown uh, restoration of the prophetic ministry. And it won't be this. It won't be like after the fact you go back and find the word and you go, man, that was a real word. You know, like the guy prophesied the judgment event, and we have to go find the archive and go, right, that one, that's, that one, that's what it meant. It meant that. It would be, there'll be such precision. I don't mind that that's where we're at right now. It just shows that we're in a baby stage. Like right now, the prophetic words come forth, and we get it on the, on the backside. Oh, that was a real one. But what's getting ready to happen is they're going to come forth with such precision and such, I mean, exact 
heavenly authority that when those words are uttered, we will know for sure that's a word from the Lord. So Ezekiel 2 describes what, how God does it. And see, what he does is he takes people, puts them in prophetic communities. They have the outpouring of the Spirit. They're, they're going for the testimony of the heart of the man, Christ Jesus. They're wanting to know what he thinks and feels. They're wanting understanding. They're wanting intimacy. They're wanting his heartbeat. They're not wanting platform and cool power things. They're wanting the heartbeat of Jesus. That's the heart of the prophet. They just want the heartbeat of Christ. They want to be a friend to him. And so God says what he did to Ezekiel to them. Verse 9. He says, Now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and there was writing on the inside and on the outside, and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. And I want to, I'll say what that is in a minute. Verse 1. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat the scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. He goes, here's a book. I'm laying it out before you. There's writing all over it. Son of man, eat it. Eat the book. Eating of the book is an abandonment to that word that the Lord is putting in you, to that destiny, that calling. Eating the book, getting it in you, chewing it up, digesting it. Getting the word of the Lord in you. It's, it, the way we eat the book is we give ourselves an abandonment to the scriptures that he's put before us. And so he, he has me, he's an eat this book, eat this scroll, and go speak. And so it, look at this. Look at verse 2. So I open my mouth and look at that. He caused me to eat that scroll. He caused me to do it. He caused me to do it. He said, son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate and it was in my mouth like honey and sweetness. Then he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my, uh, speak with my words to them. You are sent to a people of unfamiliar speech, speech and, hard of, and of hard language, but uh, uh, not sent to a people of uh, unfamiliar speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language whose words you can understand. Surely, uh, had I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. So he's telling him, he goes, I'm going to send you to the people that you know how they talk, what they say. He goes, and when you speak to them, the challenge is this. The other group, if there was a, a foreign nation, they would have heard you. But when you speak to them, they're not going to hear you. That's why this word has got to be so rich and so alive in your heart. And the word becomes bitter in his belly. Lamentations, mourning, and woe is this. When you have a, a person that's a prophet they will resonate with the heart of God over the issue that God puts in them. They will weep and mourn and lament in intercessions with travailing tears when God releases to them a judgment for them to proclaim. And the woe of that is that that word will be released with, with the heavenly stamp, the authority, and the fear of the Lord will come when they speak that word. And that's what I want to say to you. Some of you right now who are doing IHOP, some of you that are in our community, you are a uh, faithful uh, worshiper who loves the word of God and, and reads the scriptures and prays and fasts. And you might have a little bit of a prophetic gifting. You might sense 
uh, things from time to time. You might have a little dream here and there. You know, you might have eight dreams, and out of the eight, one is like pretty clear, you know, and the other seven are just tuning you in. You know, it's like things are being said to you in dreams. Tune in next time to find that, you know, turkey waving at you. And so you tune into the dream. I mean, know what I'm talking about. You, you, know, you have the one dream. You're like, that thing was dead on. The next dream, it's like, man, I was in, I don't know where I was. I, I was flying, and then I was running, and the, the car turned into an alligator, tried to eat me. I don't know. But it was vivid. What do you think the car turning into the alligator is? I go, I don't know. I have no clue. But I think, I have an opinion on some of it. I think some of it is the Lord trying to tune us in. I think he just wants to, t- trying to get our attention. Just getting our attention. I think that's some of it. There probably is a good, good heavenly explanation for the car that turned into the alligator. That is momentarily veiled, okay. But here's what I want to say to you. So you're in that mode. You get a dream every now and then. You get one right every now and then. You get a good impression every now and then. You get them wrong every now and then. The challenge is not to be, um, not, not to be like puffed up about it when you get one right. Because God will really allow you to get one really wrong. He just really will. And it's okay. And when you get one wrong, you need to go, oh, I think I got that one wrong. And just eat it, you know? And that's why when you tack, thus saith the Lord, onto a prophetic word, it's probably not the best. Because what if you really got it wrong, that one? And even if it was right, you don't even give the person the opportunity to sort of pray it through on their own. You sort of, you know, thus saith the Lord, I mean, to making them do it or whatever, you know? Thus saith the Lord is not even used in the New Testament. It's used in the Old Testament uh, demonstration of the prophetic office, but it's not used in the New Testament. It's kind of interesting. I like to say, I am impressed. Do with this what you want. Pray through. I have a feeling it might have been the pizza, but I think it might be the Lord. Softly give it to them. You just give it to them. Give it to them in meekness. If, you, if you're humble and you give it to them and you allow them to you know, determine with the Lord what the word means, then they don't feel boxed in and they have to do something with it. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just managing it well. So, but here's you. You get one right every now and then. You get some cool dreams. You've got, uh, you know, you get a vision every now and then and, and you see a thing or two. You have a little swirly season where... You know, everything's talking to you. You know, the, the clock is talking to you. The billboards are talking to you. God's swirling you. Things are cool. And then what, what the Lord's doing to you is this. Is he's giving you, here's what's going, here, uh, this, is, this is for you. He's giving you an appetizer of where he wants to take you in it. And some of you right now, you are on wild goose chases in your dreams and in prophetic swirls and encounters, you, are, you feel like the Lord is getting your attention with things and, and you don't know how to interpret it. And I promise you, don't come to me because I am not the dream interpretation guy. I promise you. You know, if I'm in your dream, maybe send it to me. Because <laughs> if it's about me, I want to know. <laughs> but uh, here's what's going on with you. You're eating the book. You're in this place of digesting the word. You're in this place of receiving that thing into your gut that in time, God is gonna cause you 
to be a messenger that releases words with lamentations, with weepings, with mournings, resonating with the heart of the man Christ Jesus, with the true spirit of prophecy. And I believe this, that unless we become a community that gives ourselves to pursuing the testimony on the heart of the man Christ Jesus, we will never have a restoration of the real prophetic ministry in our midst. But I believe this, that God wants to take people who are operating in the outpouring of the Spirit, becoming a, a prophetic people in a community wanting the testimony of the man Christ Jesus, and He wants to raise up from the midst of those people prophets who have the word of the Lord that will foretell and foretell the activity of God in the earth unto setting up things and tearing down things unto shifting things in the atmosphere and release real authority on, on individuals, little old people like you. For real. For real. There's a little lady in Kansas City. She was one of the um, young ones that connected with uh, the the leadership team there in the early days, in the, in the early 80s. Her name is Julie Meyer. Julie was a little worshiper. She was the 1980s version of Misty Edwards. So she was the little songbird singer little gal back way, way back. And um, Julie is a fun, fun lady. She's married several kids, just, just really sweet, sweet lady. Not really known to be prophetic for 25 years. For No, let's do the math. 20 years. And on, literally on a dime, the Lord began to encounter Julie in ridiculous ways. And when we were there, was right there at the beginning of the season when the Lord began to visit her in dreams and it was dreams, but it wasn't dreams. She was asleep, but she would wake up and go somewhere in the spirit. And the Lord would show her entire, you know, supernatural realities that were happening and give her words and explain things to her in the spirit. And she's had mass, uh, multiple encounters with angels. She's seen the Lord now. And, you know, she's a mom, you know. She's a mom worship leader lady that for really, for really, for 20 years just gave herself to seeking the Lord, worship and prayer and weakness, fasting, seeking God, you know, studying the scriptures for 20 years and just, you know, a wonderful worship leader but not real prophetic. And on a dime, the Lord flips switch in her and all of a sudden she's going into the heavenlies and having radical encounters. And it was, it, was, it was such a unique thing for me when we were out there to see when that first started happening to her because those that had known her for the 20 years, they were all surprised. She is a fun-loving little lady, kind of sweet. She's a sanguine personality and fun, likes to laugh. And she's coming with angelic encounters that have authority and the weight of the Lord and the fear of God on them when they're being released. So I'm, I'm beginning to tie this together now for you. Because I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to you is this, we'll be a people that will pursue the testimony of the heart of the man Christ Jesus. And what I'm saying to you is that some of you are sitting there and you are going to be like a Julie. And I don't know how long, but you are. And, uh, and I want to tie this together because I want to read a word or give you the paraphrase of a word that Julie gave earlier this year. that relates to what just happened last week. And so, 
I'm just going to give one of them, actually. Then I think we'll pray. Uh, she said, this is in February. She said, unprecedented snow. Un, unseasonable, unprecedented snow is going to come this year. And, and when it does, it will be a sign of the Lord releasing purity. The snow will be a sign of the Lord calling his people to purity and to repentance. And uh, in Kansas City and around the nation, in April, they had some of the heaviest snowstorms that, they, that they've had. All, all, in fact, they had a full-blown, like almost you know, a, a Kansas City version blizzard in April during the Israel Mandate Conference, nonetheless. Unprecedented and unseasonable. And at that same time, all over the nation, there was snow. And then she said that she saw um, IHOP. And there were IHOP uh, people running in a, a race. And they were wearing jerseys. And the jerseys didn't have their numbers. The jerseys had their hidden sins written on them. And they're running this race wearing their sins. And the Lord said he's going to come with purity. And she sees them and they run and they run the race. And, uh, and the Lord said that they would go step by step. And I'm saying this to us because I believe it's just as much a word for us as it is for anybody. But they would go step by step, choice by choice, yes by yes. Step by step, choice by choice, yes by yes. And that would help them to overcome their sin and finish the race. And she saw them finish the race. And when they finished their race, they were at the very end. And it didn't look like they were going to make it. It didn't look like anything was going to work. And all of a sudden, this massive gust of wind came. And it blew them across the finish line. At the end of the day, the only trophy in the trophy case above our lives is going to be the trophy called grace. And then she said this, that there was going to come unprecedented rain. Unprecedented rain this year. And we just met with some friends of ours that are from uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And they told us that in Dallas right now, see, we've been having drought but in Dallas right now, the water tables are absolutely maxed out. They're completely filled. And every time a little average rain comes, it does a water damage to houses because it floods automatically. The dams are at their limits. All the, all the rivers and creek beds, everything's at their limits. So an average rain causes everything to overflow and people are losing their houses because it's been so much rain. The water table and the, the ground is completely saturated. It's raining every single day in, in many parts of North Texas right now. And it's, and it's that way in, in, in other states as well, other areas. And Julie gave this word in February and said that the rain was a sign of God's grace. That those that would give themselves to the race, night and day prayer, fasting, and intercession, though we might be weak and though we might be dark, that the Lord is going to come like rain and release grace upon a people and then when we run even though 
the sins are on our, our jerseys, step by step, choice by choice, yes by yes. We overcome the sins, and the Lord will release wind to cause us to finish the race. And so that's a word from the Lord. It's obvious now because we've got the confirmations. And I wanted to release it to us for a couple reasons. I wanted to demonstrate the truth of the spirit of prophecy being cultivated in the midst of a people unto people being raised up as voices that proclaim the prophetic word that has the fear of the Lord on it. Because even as I say that little word, I'm reading the little Reader's Digest version and I'm just giving, you know, I'm just telling the word that she gave. Sobriety enters the room. And a sense of the fear of the Lord comes. And I want to say this, that in our environment, we will cultivate the spirit of prophecy. We will give ourselves to pursuing the heartbeat of the man Christ Jesus. And it is an ingredient that we must have for us to live in this place called the spirit of revival, which is, we're going to live. Let me explain something to you. We are going to live in the place of the spirit of revival. That's where we're going to live. We're going to live with the Lord moving continually through our midst with multiple things, but we're going to live in a community that has the spirit of revival burning continually. Now that will enable us to see the swirl of five and 10,000 moved into the kingdom and not even blink because we live in a continual solemn assembly. That's how we live. We don't get uh, distracted when 10,000 get saved and go, we've arrived. No, we know that a, a billion have to get saved globally. A billion have to get saved. And, but we will we'll be, we'll be a people that live with the spirit of revival moving in our, in our midst. And this is one of the realities, one of the, the ingredients of that thing. And so I want to invite the worship team to come. You know, I don't know where a lot of us are in terms of what's on our mind, what's consuming our thoughts, but I want to say this to you. The Lord has an agenda at the end of the age that includes His bride being made ready for His Son. Ready to marry the Son of God, but to operate in kingdom authority. He has an agenda at the end of the age that includes a billion souls, probably more, getting born again. He has an agenda at the end of the age that includes massive judgment events being released in the earth. And this agenda right now, it, it needs to be trumpeted abroad by many all across the earth so that people can hear the sound of the alarm and ready themselves, find themselves prepared in the most unique time of human history that has ever been. And we are sitting as a people in a very, I mean, just an 
I mean, I feel like the guy that just won the lottery. Because we are sitting in such a, a wonderful opportunity, a place of wonderful opportunity to seek the Lord with fasting and prayer, to ready our hearts and get oil in this season while we can. We have a window, and I don't know how long that window is, but we have a window of opportunity right now to get oil, to get intimacy, to study the word like crazy, to eat the book, and allow the Lord to to make of us what he will from this little place. You know, I'm not so concerned. In fact, I'm not really concerned at all with the numbers. I'm not concerned with the the numbers of people, the numbers of dollars. You know, the Lord is the one that's in charge of... uh, you know, staffing the thing, bringing the personnel, and he's the one that's in charge of the checkbook, for real. And right now, I mean, it is so strong in my heart that we've got to be a people that will give ourselves in abandonment to this reality of seeking the Lord for the knowledge of God and getting the testimony of Christ. People that have returned in heart, we've turned. Hold on just a sec. Just, yeah, just stop. Thanks. We've turned in heart. I appreciate you. It's not your fault. (laughs) You know what? I don't want a a good ending. Sorry. What I really, what I really want to get is this. We We can't hear and not live. We really, really cannot hear the word and then not live it. For real. And, and, and it would be so easy just to slide right into a sweet altar call and some would come and weep. And God would kiss it. And we probably will do that in a sec. But I'm burdened for us. That we would truly be people that have turned hearts. For real. Turned hearts. And it, it, it transcends the way we act in, in, on Sunday night or the way we act at IHOP or whatever. It goes right into our family, right into the culture of the way we live. We are turned in heart. I was sitting there yesterday and we were repenting and wailing, wailing over the state of our nation. And, and I'm glad they said it multiple times, but I was sitting there and I was clear in my spirit about it that there were, I mean, out of the multitude that was there, there were so few that understood that unless that repentance turned into a life lived out in a day in and day out reality, it really did not mean anything. And man, I know these words sound great. I mean, in a certain way, they sound wonderful. You see, oh, I, prophetic encounters, power revival. I mean, I know the, the persecution, the martyrdom word sounds challenging to your heart. But I am, I mean, I'm like this. I feel like, I'll just say it the way I feel. I feel like I have got such a loud alarm in my heart to try to ready a people and to get us uh, flowing in rhythm with the heart of the man Christ Jesus. I feel like the alarm is on 10 in my heart. But when I speak, it comes out at a 1. And I'm, and I'm just desiring for it to move past hearing good words and good messages. I mean, an interruption in a service even last week. I mean, we had a sign, I believe. I mean, I believe it's a real sign in heaven. But, oh, it's got to cause our hearts to turn. So I'm not, I'm not interested in whipping anybody or beating anybody, but I, 
just comes a time where I just don't care if we look good in front of people, but really our hearts are clean before God. And we are people that are living what we, what we hear and, and we're, we're living out what we know to do. And lifestyles that we lead are reality. They're authentic. It's got to get into our homes. It's got to get into our workplaces. It's got to get into our children. The pursuit of the knowledge of God and the testimony that's on the heart of the man, Christ Jesus. Becoming a prophetic people. These realities must get in to the way we live away from this place. It must get into our interactions with one another. It must affect the way that we love and serve and give. A turning of heart, a rending of heart. God, would you amplify the alarm, please? Amplify the alarm, God. Okay, Caleb, go ahead. Amplify it, God. I'm asking. We want to be intimate with you, Jesus. We want to fall in love. We want the testimony of the man Christ Jesus. Spirit of prophecy. God, even that you'd make us a prophetic people for real. God, you raise up prophets, even from our midst that have lamentations, mournings, and woes. You'd cause us to eat the book. Cause many to eat the book, Jesus. Messengers, prophetic messengers, God. Ones that speak and know the secret of the Lord. Those things that you would have them declare, they find it in the secret place. God, and even in this season we have to get the oil. Even in this window, God, when you're, you're offering oil, you're saying, come, buy and eat. Buy without money. God, that that would be real to us, that we'd understand and comprehend the season. We have this opportunity now. We get oil.
Help us in Atlanta, God. Help us. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. Unstop our ears. Open our eyes. Unstop our ears, God, and open our eyes. Unstop our ears and open our eyes. Help. Help. Help.